I'm walking through the juiciest just layers of this ancient remembering around how I, we used to be and to operate. Spirituality gets a lot of side eye these days. And admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the show. I am seriously hoping I can get through this without the aggressive weed whacker <laughs> turning on again. I swear, outside the window, there's this crazy weed whacker. It sounds like it is inside with me. So praying we are safe to do this. Anyway, I am so stoked to introduce you to today's guest. But before we do that, just one quick little announcement for you. And if you have tuned into the last few episodes, you'll have heard about this. But just wanted to remind you about my three-week crash course human design intro immersion. <laughs> I need to make that a little more succinct, but it is called Immerse. And in three weeks, we will go through the top three things you need to know to start implementing your human design and like actually implementing it, not just <laughs> learning a bunch of information that you maybe don't really know what to do with and feel a little bit overwhelmed by. That was how I felt when I first started looking into human design finding all of the information out there. I mean, it's great information, but it can totally be confusing. It can feel very esoteric perhaps, or just a little inaccessible, a little intangible. And you're like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know where to start because there's so much that you can look into. This is one of the reasons that I think it's so, so important to actually talk to a guide, a teacher, you know, someone who is really well-versed in human design as you're getting into it. Because you truly don't know where to start and what's actionable if you're just trying to piece it together on your own. And I mean, you can learn a lot of really valuable information that way, but I think it's just so much easier to actually implement and embody if you have someone to walk through it with you. So that is why I created this three-week intro course. It guides you through the kind of top three things that I believe make the most impact when it comes to your human design. I mean, there's tons of layers and tons of nuances and there's so much that is actionable in the deeper layers. But these three things, I really think if you master these, you are so well on the way to really embodying your whole chart. And the reason that I've created it with the amount of space and time that it has is number one, to really allow us the time and the space to dig into the nuances of your specific chart. So a lot of the problem that I see with the generic human design information is it doesn't really take into account the unique aspects of your specific, for example, energy type or your specific profile. There are other things at play that the just generic information doesn't always take into account. And I mean, you do the best you can, right? When you're putting information out there. But that's one of the reasons that this is over the course of the three weeks. So we can really dive deeply into each topic one week at a time. And then the other reason that there is so much space is to really dive into what it looks like for you with your current life. There's a lot of things with human design and, and with the, you know, way it's talked about in this space often that makes it feel like it can't apply to where you are based on the you know, obligations you have and restrictions to your time and all of that kind of stuff. But I promise there's always a way to make it work for you. And that's why I've built in time to really talk about the potential blocks and barriers and what it actually looks like for you with your current responsibilities and obligations and all the things, what it looks like for you to start to weave this into your day. So I'm so excited about it. it's been so much fun so far. So I'm inviting you into that program. If you are interested, please reach out to me on Instagram or there will be a link in the show notes that you can just um, sign up to um, get in on that. I am so excited to have you. It is, like I said, so much fun. So with that, let's get into today's episode with my amazing friend and mentor, Emily Fitz. She is so incredible. She is just 
mama bear energy <laughs> is one of the first things that comes to mind when I think of her. I have been in her vortex for quite a while now. It feels like honestly lifetimes, <laughs> but I have just loved getting to learn from her. And what you'll hear us talk about in this episode is a lot concerning conscious entrepreneurship and what that really takes. I, you know, I guess I can't speak from experience in the regular entrepreneurship space, if you will, but the path of the conscious, like service-based, heart-centered entrepreneur is pretty tricky. It is a lot of deep, intense personal development in the guise of starting and running a business. I did not expect to be confronted with, I mean, I, I would say half, but probably any of what I have worked through since starting on this entrepreneurship journey myself. And you'll hear us talk about a lot of that, um, a lot of what it digs up for you. It's it's really you confronting yourself in order to be of service to humanity. And it it is incredible to witness the person that you yourself get to become over the course of this journey, again, with the intention always to be of service. But in order to be of service, you really have to get out of your own way. So I will let you get into the episode with Emily. I think you're just going to love her. You can just feel her energy. It's like a warm hug and uh, I just can't wait to introduce you to her. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with Emily and I will see you on the other side. Okay. We're live. <laughs> Welcome. Good morning. Well, I guess it's not morning where you are. <laughs> kind of. I know. I'm so excited you're here and I'm so excited to talk to you about all things conscious entrepreneurship. That's what I really oh want to dig God, into best. with you. So um, first of all, I have two questions that I ask every guest. Uh, the first one is what's something that you're really loving lately? This could be something completely intangible, like a practice, a meditation or something physical, really anything. Mm. I am just getting into a sensual morning practice, Ooh. which is nothing more than just getting naked, wrapping in like the coziest furry blankets. You activate touch, Ooh. lighting a candle, bringing your coffee into the experience, smelling the aromas, drinking it down, feeling the sensation of it, listening to like a sexy playlist and then just being. And it's like really confronting for the part of me that always feels like I need to do something to get a result. Mm, I love that so much. <laughs> I need to start doing that. I feel like it's <laughs> <laughs> the best. I have to tell you this. The first time I did it, I was like, why am I taking off my clothes? Why am I putting this blanket on? This is so stupid. Why are we doing this? You know, like, yeah. just, and noticing that the stories, the thoughts, the layers of like, oh my God, you know, like there has to be an end goal. There's got to be an mm -hmm. end game. There's got to be something on the other side of this versus just being and trusting that that's enough. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And there's so much, I feel like we have to have a whole separate conversation about this because there's so much that I want to say about like just the experience of re-becoming embodied and how our, you know, traumas, quote unquote, for lack of a better word, are such barriers to that whole process and how awkward it is to like be naked with yourself when there's not anyone else there and there's not this like end result of we're going to have a sexual experience and all the things. Oh, my gosh. So we'll just have to have you on again to talk about that. Episode two. <laughs> Episode two. Um, and then my second question is, what is something that you're really fired up about right now? Mm. You know, I feel like what, which is the, this is going to sound so terrible. Um, <laughs> Nothing's off limits. <laughs> no judgment. Totally. When you're, when you're a, when you're a sadist or a masochist, which one like likes the abuse versus gives the, gives it, you know what I mean? What do we know? Oh, I feel like the masochist takes the beating. Yeah. Like, enjoys the beating. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I pretty sure like I'm like, I feel like I should know this. Masochist. <laughs> right. Just in the fact that like, I'm always like, I live my life. I feel like <laughs> or right now, I should say not, not every day, but right now feels like a living ayahuasca ceremony where I'm just like, give me another cup universe. Like let's go down the rabbit hole even deeper. Let's confront all the layers. And truly I'm like in the same breath celebrating myself because in some far off galactic universe where I put all the codes in and the signs and the, this and that, and I said, 
I'm coming to earth as human, Emily. I'm going to have this exact experience I'm having right now during this perfect eclipse season in Scorpio with Taurus and Venus and all of these different things, right? I'm like literally walking through the fire with layers around pleasure and I'm walking through the fire with layers around money and some of the deepest, like just internal grips in ways that I haven't ever experienced before. And I'm confronting. So like, this is why I'm saying it's a masochistic thing because (laughs) I totally get it though. Fucking fired up that I'm doing this and I'm confronting all these layers. And I'm like, I'm wearing like, like when I say like, I'm walking through the fire, I wear it like a fucking badge of honor. I'm like red letter A, you know, I'm like the scarlet letter, whatever. So I'm fired up about that. And it's also deeply like yesterday, two days ago, I probably wouldn't have shared that answer today. I feel lit up. I'm leaning into it. And yeah, it kind of feels like I'm on like the, I'm like throwing my hands up like I'm on a roller coaster right now. It's like kind of like I'm on Superman right now. I'm like, what? Ah, no, yeah. Insane. I might die, but here we go, you know? Yeah. I so deeply understand and understand that because that is my same experience and motivation. I feel like it's this like anywhere that I am afraid, that's where I'm going to go. Anywhere that I feel resistance, like that's where I'm going to go. And it's like, it's so uncomfortable, but. I think what it is, at least for me, and let me know if you agree with this sentiment, is like because I know what sort of like liberation and freedom is on the other side, like that's why I'm going to go there. I feel like, and and you've you know asked this so many times in our containers, like what do you stand for? And I'm feeling like I really stand for being unlimited, and it's this mm-hmm. this direction towards like where do I see the resistance? Where do I feel the fear? Like that's where I'm going to go because on the other side, it's it's limitlessness and there's always going to be deeper layers it's never like a point that you are you know all of a sudden I'm unlimited woohoo nothing nothing to do anymore but it's just Mm -hmm. how much more can I open and and peel back yes and remember it's Mm -hmm. like the like I think even last night I was saying to Scott you know I'm like having I'm walking through the juiciest just layers of this ancient remembering around how I, we used to be and to operate. And I found this, um, this is going to seem a little bit off topic, but I found this account the other day that was all about like decolonization. Right. And I'm like, really, I mean, a lot of my work is like deeply influenced by the goddess, right? Like the rise of the goddess. And I bring all, I mean, my programs are like named goddess, right? And it's like, sounds cool, but like, it's also so much fucking deeper than that, right? Because it's also like, as when we're talking about peeling back these layers and remembering it, it's, it is the decolonization and it is the, it is the rise of the, of the, the, divine feminine goddess right in her highest form and also the divine masculine that isn't like rooted in this taking right and this needing to have without permission or consent from the feminine whether that's like internally or it's an external experience and it's like I'm just like spirits showing me all of these visions right now of just the ancient ways. And this account was saying like, it's not the, where we're going and the changes that are, that are, that are happening in this new earth cannot come about from the same people that created this. It has to come from the ancient wisdom keepers and the indigenous people. Yeah. I love it. Well, I think that's a perfect segue too. I mean, one thing that came to mind, this is like slightly off topic from where I'm going, but it's, it's almost like the, the new earth isn't even new at all, you know? It's just coming back to the way things, quote unquote, should operate, you know, like the highest expression of them. Um, But the segue that I wanted to make, I think that's a perfect kind of literal segue into getting to know you and your past a little bit and the journey of how you got to this point. Because, I mean, I, I mentioned in the intro and all the things, who you are and what you do now, but I think it's helpful for the listeners to understand where you started, the very different version of Emily that existed back in the day, which was so wild when I found out about that whole part of your past. But um, yeah, and then just a little bit about how you got to, you know, where you are now. Oh my goodness. It is what a journey, right? Like when I, um, 
So I was waiting tables in Los Angeles, doing the acting thing, you know, trying to book the jobs and the gigs and did some commercials and, you know, like shot a pilot and was in a movie and, you know, flew to Kentucky, like did the whole like, woo, Kentucky (laughs) and a manager and ah, right. Yeah. I'm going to make it this year, dad, I swear, you know? And meanwhile, I'm waiting tables at this restaurant, been there for four years and I was about to turn 30 and I'm like, really? Like there has to, there just has to be something more than this. This can't be it, you know? And Scott and I, Scott's my husband, we, um, were in this conscious partnership coaching, you know, with this couple as while we were getting ready to get married. And I'd done some metaphysical work and I'd always been in the space and meditation and all that. Right. So I had awareness. It was like an avid Gabby Bernstein fan reader, all the things, you know, and we ended up hiring this couple and we started to really peel back these layers just around like trigger work. And, you know, some of the like really, um, like new conscious ways of being in partnership. And I remember sitting at the bar at the end of one of my shifts And I was Googling like how to make money online. (laughs) (laughs) As one does. (laughs) Right? Like, oh my God. And (laughs) I know it's the best. It's so funny. And I like, it gives, gives you a list of like all the things, right? Like become influencer famous or write a blog. And I was like, I'm kind of good at writing. Like I could probably get behind a blog and, you know, Scott and I are, we're getting married and we're working with this couple and maybe I'll write a blog on marriage. So I like got the username and the <laughs> website and the email and the Squarespace. And I was like, literally going to create a blog called a modern day marriage. And I'm sure in another timeline and alternate reality, I did. Right. But I love that. that. Moment, I'm sitting, remember sitting at the bar and I'm setting up the Squarespace and I'm doing all the things and I'm like, you know, doing the typical things you do when you're starting and you're failing and you're just like, holy, what am I doing? Right. And I was like, I have no interest in writing a blog on marriage. Like I'm living my marriage. I don't need to translate it on the internet. It wasn't like a passion of mine. And so I started to think about what am I already good at? Right. And I was at, and one of the things was like, ask people what you're good at. Right. And I remember taking B school, Marie Forleo's B school. Right. I'm like, okay. And so people like, you're really good at giving advice. So then I start hearing about this coaching thing. There's like a thing that you can do where you get paid to like give people advice. What? Where did I miss this? You know? I know. They don't teach us and about that career path in school. <laughs> no. And so I remember finding this program, six month certification program that was like rooted in manifestation and law of attraction and like all of the really juicy, yummy, you know, like high vibe words that you hear. And I was like, that sounds perfect. Right. <laughs> And after six months of that, I remember my husband and I journeyed to Peru. We sat for two ayahuasca ceremonies and a wachuma ceremony. And I came back and I was like, this is my life's calling. Like, I don't know how it's supposed to come about, but like I'm meant to serve, right? It was like coming back to that ancient remembering, like we're here to serve, like that's the heart's deepest calling. And it can look different for everybody, right? Like Marianne Williamson in her book talks about like, she used to own a bookshop and she would just be a light worker and serve people that would come in and ask questions. And, you know, like you don't Mm -hmm. have to be standing on the world stage to be in service. And I remember coming back and starting my business and like signing up for one of those like really terrible business programs that like (laughs) teaches you to like burn your money in a fire pit with ads. And you've never even proven anything (laughs) and method. And like, you're just trying to build this manifestation program. I was literally picturing you burning money in a fire pit. (laughs) That's what it felt like. Like you totally would though. Like the witchy shit. Like, Oh, I totally would. But it was like, it was like every day there's $500 $500 coming out of my bank account. And I like, ha- and I was having calls with people for like a $300 eight week program. Right. Like I had no idea. I like literally talking about being a masochist. It's like I did everything you're not supposed to do. Got it out of the way really quick. Mm-hmm. And after that, I remember joining another mastermind and like got my head on straight, started to learn about organic growth and marketing and all of these other pieces. Right. And I was filling my manifestation program, this eight week thing. I still have it. Right. People still have access to it. It's so crazy three years from now, three years ago. And, um, I started just really putting in the work and learning and growing and 
<clears throat> then the pandemic hit in July of 2020. And I had just wrapped the manifestation program and I was just starting to work with women who were coming to me. How do I build this? Like, how do I do this? How do I start to grow? Right. And I'd signed a couple clients and then boom, the pandemic hit March, 2020. And I remember sitting on my couch clear as day in LA doing the Byron Katie work, right. That I, I teach a lot of my clients to do now. And I was like, okay. Cause the fear was I'm never going to sign another client. No, everybody's people are losing their jobs. They're not going to invest money. Holy shit. What am I going to do? And I remember walking through the questions, you know, and getting to the place of like the four turnarounds, who would you be without it? Right. And I remember sitting there and going, well, people are going to buy or they're not going to buy. It's my choice. How do I want to show up? Do I want to show up the highest level, be of service no matter what? And then literally seven months later, we hit our first six figures. It was like that choice, that decision in that moment. And then, and that was in 2020 and 2021, we tripled that. And now we're here, 2022, walking through the fucking fire. (laughs) Amazing. I love that. Yeah. It's just so wild to, when you know someone as one iteration and then you learn who they've been, you're like, like, who? (laughs) Like what? Um, I feel that way about myself too. But anyway, um, I would love to dig into like the work, not just Byron Katie's version, but conscious entrepreneurship in general. And, and I've never done the traditional entrepreneurship thing, so I can't speak from experience there. And I don't know if you can either, but I, it literally is walking ourselves through the fire over and over and over and over again. And like, it's the most incredible mirror for like every insecurity that you have at all. And I'm actually really curious to hear your perspective being in um, acting, you know, having experienced that, which I'm sure is a mirror in incredible ways too. But one of the things that I think about all the time with this, you know, conscious entrepreneurship thing is if my, you know, nine to five traditional job friends ever came to talk to me about this, which many of them don't totally fine. Um, it's just such an interesting, I always play out these conversations, like they go to work and they do a thing and, you know, maybe there's some tough conversations with their boss about the raise or about the, you know, this didn't go as planned and and sure. And I did the nine to five thing for a while and, and it was difficult in its own ways. But this is literally putting yourself up on, not a pedestal, but putting yourself out there in order to be of service with your own experience and your own, like, I don't know, education and all the things, right? And so it's it's me seeing me and them seeing me and it's this whole like projection, like back and forth thing and and I have to dig up all this stuff and so much of what, you know, I've worked with with you is doing that in a graceful way and not letting all these things hold us back because that that often, I mean, we're the only thing that's in our own way most of the time. So anyway, long-winded rambling question there, but just your kind of explanation on that and and what conscious entrepreneurship really has been for you, perhaps in contrast to what you expected it to be, because I certainly didn't expect to sign up to do the most deep inner work I've ever done in trying to build this business thing. But that's truly what it's been, is me excavating all of these parts of myself in order to really be of service. It's not anything like, I don't, I don't fucking care about fame or fortune or any of that. Like, cool, that's great. But like, I just really want to help people, but I have to get out of my own way 78,000 times before I can even get there. So long-winded question, but would love to hear your perspective on that. Well, we talk about mirrors, right? And it's like one of my, I think I would say one of my living mantras is that or, or, or I should say even pillars of how I exist in the world is that I use everything to get free everything, right? Like the worst things you can think of, I use them to free myself, right? From whether it's a story of victimhood, which is really confronting by the way, to really (laughs) free yourself from that. So much easier to say, you did this to me, right? but to take a hundred percent responsibility for my own emotional experience in any moment, right. To really own up to maybe where my behavior has been out of integrity to come back into right relationship with everything in my world, 
you know, when I say I use everything, I use everything. And it doesn't always happen like in the moment. Sometimes there's a blowout. Sometimes there's a big fucking trigger that I have to work through before I can get to the other side and see the message right through the mess. I'm sure you guys have heard that, right? It's like, how can you extract the message from the mess? But in truth, it's like that, that has been my North star in everything for everything in every way. And so I'm always leaning into the resistance, right? Where there's resistance, there's something really juicy, yummy, good, powerful, expansive, liberating on the other side of that. And that takes guts and courage and bravery and a commitment to the work. You know, we're talking about the work and the work from my understanding is actualizing more of who you are and who you came here to be. There's this amazing guy, his name's Kevin Walton, look him up. He talks about this concept called being the more. Mm-hmm. And being the more, right, means how can I be the more? How can I expand into more? How can I feel more, have more, say more, be more, experience more? And because the, the idea is that the universe is ever expanding and it's always expanding into more. And, and we are living, breathing fractals of the universe in human form. And so we have the power and the opportunity to expand into more, right? And so part of being the more is also anything not congruent with what it is you're wanting to step into fully, right? You want the most intimate, deep, pleasure-filled, conscious relationship, anything incongruent with that is going to come up to be faced and walked through and integrated. I don't really believe in healing from things because I don't think any of us are broken, but integrated into our beingness or turned back into its original form, right? Or if you're wanting a seven-figure business, anything not in congruency with that or out of whatever, you know, you know what I'm talking about, anything that's not in alignment with that, is going to have to, is going to come up. And and again, this is what we call, a lot of times we call this like the shadow, right? We are confronted with our shadow and everybody has a shadow. Everything has a shadow. We come to the, we come to earth to experience duality, light and dark, right? And so anything not in alignment with our highest frequency or the highest possible timeline of our existence, our reality being the more, right? Experiencing more, actualizing the more of who you are, anything not in alignment with that is going to come up. And again, that's that mirror. And we're sovereign beings. We have free will. So we can choose to look at that, to face it, to see it, to walk through it, to embrace it, you know, or we can choose to ignore it. We can choose to shove it down. We are seeing our collective society be faced with some of the deepest, darkest shadow pieces right now. And there are, you know, people in places and parts of humanity that's willing to look at that. And then there are people in places and parts of humanity that aren't right now. And, you know, it's like, for me, I'm always, even in walking through the fire, it, the, the, the continual lesson for me is like, how can I bring more love and compassion into this, right? How can I, how can I love myself more? How can I love this more? How can I, how can I accept this radically? Can I bring radical acceptance even to the darkest parts of my shadow? Can I bring radical acceptance even to the resistance to being with the shadow or being with the the fear or the pain or the shame or whatever it is. Can I radically accept what's right in front of me right now? And another thing Byron Katie says, or Scott loves to pull out of his hat whenever he gets an opportunity, (laughs) it pisses me off, is pain only comes from not accepting what's true, Mm. which is true and really triggering, right? And so it's like, can can I accept this? 100%, right? Even if it hurts, can I just be with what's here and what's present? And, and I think part of the, the entrepreneurship piece, you know, and like the work we've gotten to do together, which is so amazing is that as coaches, we call in a specific type of client who's looking for that, right? Who's looking for the medicine that we have. And 
oftentimes we attract what we ourselves have walked through or are walking through or continue to walk through. And we call in a particular type of being into our sphere. Who's like, yep, I don't even know if I'm ready for that, but I'm fucking my soul's ready for that. So let's go. Right. And we don't even realize, but every time we, we say yes, you know, we, we become the primal permission for the people in our world to expand into even more of who they came here to be, who they've always been. Yeah. Oh, so good. There's two things that kind of came to mind as you were talking through that is the first thing is I really feel like the quickest path to what you want is going to be like through the thing you most fear or that you most don't want to do. <laughs> and it's so fascinating to me, at least reflecting on my own kind of path with all of this, how many times I've asked for something. And then mm-hmm. when I'm I'm given the opportunity to make the choice that gets me there, it's the thing that I least want to do. And it's it's so fascinating to watch like hindsight always being 2020, but to watch myself like circle around those things instead of just going through. And I think you really do. This is very third line too, is like building the resilience to just literally run through the fire. Um, Cause I think for so many people, it's like, we want to get to the top of the hill, right? So we think we're going to walk up the path that goes to the top of the hill, which is going to take a long fucking time. It's this winding journey, blah, blah, blah. But really, if you just like, there's a rock to the left of you and you just look around that rock, there's like a tunnel straight through the mountain, but you're like, oh, I don't like, it's just a fucking rock. So I'm not going to go look over there, but it's literally, you have to look through the rock and push the boulder away. And that's going to be the fastest way to get there. And then the other thing that was brought up is this, this kind of thing that I've been noodling on for a few weeks now, maybe longer, who knows, but the two components, I feel like that solve almost any problem that comes up for me, listening and love. If I can listen whether it's between me and someone else or whether it's just me to me, if I can listen to myself more and then I can love that a little bit more, then that solves almost everything that I can think of. And, you know, you know, in relationship with both others and ourselves, it's always communication. Like, am I being honest with myself or the other? Um, and, and when I hear that, am I able to sit with it and accept it and hold it and, and just be with it rather than, freak out and contract and get triggered and all the things, you know, again, whether it's someone else or whether it's me. Um, So I think those are some of the biggest lessons that this whole thing has taught me this, you know, entrepreneur path is it's going to ask me to do the thing that I least want to do. But again, on the other side to what we were talking about before is so much more freedom and space to be me. Like Mm. you just get to relax into yourself and then just the listening and love, the listening and love over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, 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 in what you're saying, it's like, it will always ask more of you. Mm-hmm. That's the continuation of what he says, right? He says, and I kind of abbreviate this a little, I like my version better. But <laughs> I'm referring, referring back to Kevin Walton. He says, the secret to love is that it just loves. And simultaneously will always call you forward into more, right? There's always an opportunity for more. There's always an opportunity to expand, to grow, to be with, to sit with, to actualize more. And love just loves, right? So you're not any less worthy of love if you choose not to expand. That's okay. Sometimes it's too much, right? I always talk about the, in my coaching, I always talk about the walls, right? I'm like, and you can even do this right now. If you're outside, if you're in a car, if you're wherever you are, if you're in a room, take in the walls around you, right? Do the walls care that you are exactly where you are in this specific moment in time facing whatever it is that you're facing. If you really look, they have no opinion. And so part of that is what we're tapping into is this energy of essence or this energy of okayness. There's an energy of okayness that's already in the room right here, right now. If nothing changes, that's love. And that's what's present to us all the time. But we get stuck in our thinking, in our mind, in our thoughts. We get stuck in our direct experience, our lived experience. And we've got this track playing in our mind. It's like, you're not doing enough. 
You're not being enough. You're not whatever. You're not making enough. You know, you're not signing enough clients. You're not whatever. You've got to do more or you've got to be more. You've got to. And, and actually, if we zoom out of that thought process and that thinking and that pattern, we notice that it's actually okay, just as it is. And that's, I think, one of the most powerful knowings when we can really, truly embody that. It's like, I'm good and okay and safe just as I am. I'm perfect just as I am. And there's always an opportunity for more. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, we are so uncomfortable with all the options, right? Until we start doing it and we we regulate our nervous system in such a way that the expansion is actually okay. Because I'm thinking as you're speaking, like people are afraid of more. They're afraid of the change. They're afraid of the expansion. They're afraid of, you know, what do I have to give up in order to get there? Or what's going to happen to me or all the things, right? The mind again, freaking out. But we're also afraid of where we are and who we are. You know, the shadow, the, the deep shame that we sit with and pretend isn't there. And it's really funny. I've been thinking about this lately. I used to say all the time, oh, I have no shame. Which what I meant by that is I'll go do embarrassing, wild, crazy things. I'll be loud. I'll, you know, whatever. But deep down, I had so much shame. It's like, don't look at this part of me. Don't express that. Don't this. That Nobody see. <laughs> Here's a big brick wall you can't see inside of me. And so it's funny. We, we hold such like contrary fears. And so we get paralyzed to, well, I'm not comfortable here because I have all these parts of myself that I don't love. I'm not comfortable with going there because I don't know what's going to have to happen in between where I am and where I'm going or where I, where I think I want to go. Um, and then we're also afraid of really unconditional love because so many of us haven't experienced it. And when you actually are held in that energy, I think one of the first times that I ever really felt and, and understood the unconditional love thing was, um, when I was doing my Ahai training and it was just a massive, like held outpouring of, you know, all the divine feminine unconditional love, like that's all it is. And I was like, oh my God, I was crying all the things because it's, it's so rare to receive that. Um, and so it's just so interesting that we're so afraid of everything. So it totally makes sense why so many of us just don't go anywhere, even though here's uncomfortable, but because it's like everything feels scary. And so I'm curious your kind of experience with that. Maybe what was the the biggest moment that you had to really get over that in your journey of of expanding into more? Because you really did expand, you know, from an income business perspective really rapidly. So there had to be a moment, I'm sure, where it was like, oh fuck, I gotta, I gotta get over this one part. I just gotta lean in and do the thing. And and I feel like I'm at that moment right now it went in my own life. Um I know what the thing is and I know on the other side there's gonna be all the things. So I'm curious if there's maybe one or, or two points that you really had to confront that and do the thing and, and kind of what the experience was leading up to it and then what happened after. Yeah. I remember, you know, I think that moment on the couch right during the pandemic when I was faced with, so I can either choose to believe, and this has been a theme that I've been seeing a lot, right? Is this choice? I, we were, again, everything is a choice, how we choose to perceive, right? And so I had an opportunity. It was like, oh, I just signed, you know, just signed a client and, and I'm, I'm faced now with the, this impending fear that my business may just literally die the minute it, it gets started. And so I can either choose to, to, to be all consumed by the fear, if you will, right? Which creates paralysis or self-sabotage or, right? I could have just stopped showing up on social media. I could have just stopped, um, talking about my offers. I could have, right. Because the fear was nobody has any money. How rude of me to share a a coaching opportunity that somebody could invest in when they literally just had their jobs ripped from them because of this COVID. Right. And so, and so I could have either fallen into that, that loop. Right. Or I could have chosen, which I did you know, whether they buy or don't buy, it's not really my say. It's not really my responsibility 
my responsibility is to give the people in my world an opportunity or an invitation. And then it's up to them to decide to choose for themselves. And that there was a moment there where I thought, I, I can't do that. I can't sell right now. There's no way I could tell somebody that my coaching is X thousands of dollars. You know, are you kidding me? And when I stepped out of, I, I hate to say this, but stepped out of playing God and being the one to almost make the decision for them. This is right. This is wrong. They should do this. They shouldn't do this. They should spend their money here. They shouldn't spend their money here. I actually then called the people in my world forward into their own decision-making power. And I got no's and I got yeses and I celebrated them both. And so I think that was probably the first moment, right? Where it was like, I can lean in, I can lean out. And it was a really clear choice. And then that moment led to probably the second moment, which is, I know I need more help than I have right now. And I had a choice to invest in a coach for six months, $25,000, one-to-one, holy fuck. I'm really going to do this. Are you kidding me? We're like it's April, you know, like it was like a whole thing. And that was, yeah, that was probably the second moment. It happened so fast, right? That was that second moment of I can lean in and trust that life has me in this. Even if I didn't make a single cent back from that investment in the six months, life still had me, right? But the beauty was that wasn't the case, you know? I think probably doubled the our first, or, or no, I'm not just kidding, four times, right? Because I, hello, what? Math. Um, and I went, wow, I can really trust that I'm supported in this. And the evidence, right? That's, that's the other piece. And I think the most, one of the most important pieces of conscious entrepreneurship is our willingness to pause and collect the evidence, right? Because evidence to support both thoughts, it's working, it's not working, is there. It comes back to choice. What am I choosing to see? Am I choosing to see that it's working? Am I choosing to see the yeses? Am I choosing to see the successes? Am I choosing to see that women are interested, investing, buying, reaching out? Or am I paying attention to all the times they're not? Or all the times that there's nobody in my DMs or no applications coming in or nobody's engaging with my content? But what if instead I saw that one like and I celebrated that one like as if it was the 50,000th like or whatever? Right. And that, that's that piece too. I talk about around wealth consciousness and scarcity consciousness, wealth and overflow and abundance is, is right here, right now. It is what you are. It's who you are. It's just, are you attuning your thoughts and your perception, right? If life is the mirror, which mirror are you looking at? Are you seeing all the places where there isn't enough, or you've seen all the places where there is, right? Because even in this moment, we could pause and close our eyes, as long as you're not driving, (laughs) taking in a deep breath, feeling the, the seat underneath you or the floor holding you, feeling your heart beating on its own, your lungs breathing in and out on their own. And you could just notice that every single one of your needs are met right here, right now. You actually need nothing. And to see that and to take the moment to take that in, that's a choice. And I choose it every day. And sometimes it's easy and fun and comfortable. And other times it feels like I'm walking through a desert wasteland, Yeah, but I still choose it. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like it's such a powerful reflection on like even a gratitude practice for like, you know, the everyday person, right? Like that's why it matters. It's the constant choice. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, like when I was healing my body, for instance, and, and repatterning the belief of, oh, I'm, I'm going to get sick. Like that's my fate. It's like, no, I get to choose over and over and I get to, I don't have to, nobody's making me, but I get to choose over and over and over again. This is what I want. 
And I believe that somehow, even if I have no idea how it's going to work out, I believe that this is possible for me. So I'm going to choose it over and over and over and over again. And you almost put blinders onto anything else because it's like, I just, I'm not going to entertain any other options. And it's like that strength of, of belief that that direction is going to work. You know, you have no idea how you're going to get there, but that's the only option. And then also the choice over and over and over again that like, yes, we're going back there. Yes, we're going back there. Um, and I think one of the really kind of, I say interesting, but really more so triggering parts of this whole journey is, you know, talking about like the scarcity versus the abundance mindset is, is doing this work and then just existing around the normal society that we exist. And it's like, all the friends and the conversations and all the things around, oh my God, this is so expensive. And my body literally like freaks out when I hear that word. Now I'm like, can we, can we not? Everything's just an investment. It's an investment of, you know, the time or the energy or the literal object that is a dollar bill. Um, and this is where the, I feel like quote unquote spiritual aspect is so important because if you're not, I mean, spirituality to me, I talked about this, I think on the very first episode of the show, it's really just connection. It's connection to self, it's connection to other, it's connection to, you know, spirit and plants and trees and all the things, connection on all these different levels. And you can go as out there with it as you want, connect to aliens and spirits or whatever, or you can just be like, I'm going to connect to myself and get to know myself more deeply. And I really feel like that connection piece is so necessary in order to help create almost resilience around this like you're getting pummeled with scarcity messaging and all the things by normal society at all times and here you are trying to build this like beautiful open loving expansive very utopian reality at least that's kind of my vision for for reality and so it's like I need to have that connection to you know gratitude or abundance and really understand what that literally feels like not just as a intellectual concept but you know you're talking about the walls and it's like feel the relationship between you and the walls and even you and your like aura and and what space you're taking up in that regard and connection to like earth and plants and trees and wind and all the things like you need that in order to or at least I believe in order to like bring you back down to what's actually true here because you know based on what everybody's believing and what everybody's talking about abundance isn't true right but that's my truth and if I can connect back into all of that oh okay I can I can see and I can feel and I can experience like that's actually truth you know expansion and more is truth not not this like contracted like fear state that everybody's in yeah and I think it can be as simple as starting with you know I have an abundance of breath right now right and even tuning into you know I'm I like slightly dropped this idea that you are the abundance, right? Abundance isn't actually something out there that you have to get, that you have to harness. You are the abundance, right? And I was in a mushroom ceremony. (laughs) As we do. (laughs) As we do. And I remember, and I was walking through a lot of fear around stepping into motherhood, right? Or stepping into even the mother archetype, which is something like I've always just been, I've never really just fully embraced that, but really stepping into motherhood. And I had this program, right? Around, I will have to sacrifice the empire I'm here to build, the abundance I'm here to have, the money I'm here to create and experience the wealth, all of it, if I have a child. And so I've got to push it off and push it off and push it off and push it off. And literally remember sitting in our living room, like on my hands and knees and this vision came over me. And I literally saw the universe giving birth to itself. And I was like, holy (laughs) The baby brings up Abundance. The baby is abundance. It's the universe literally giving birth to itself on itself, on itself, on itself, ever unfolding infinitely forever and ever. And here I am trapped in my limited ego thinking that it takes away when all it is, is expanding into the more, being the more. 
actualizing Mm. more of itself through this unique expression that gets to come here on planet earth and have its human experience. It was like, like the veil had been lifted. (laughs) You're like, sign me up. I'm having a baby right now. (laughs) And, you know, and there's still layers of things I'm walking through around that. Right. But it was just this like really deep embodied knowing there's, there's no abundance is not something we can, we're ever without, we are, we are the abundance and you can feel it even when you close your eyes and you tune into the sensation and the energy in your hands below your skin, right? It's, it's in the air you breathe. It's, 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 it's all of it. It's all of you. And so the more that we can stop buying into the illusion that it's somehow out there and we have to get it, the more we experience it every second of every day, because we are it, we're living it, we're living and breathing abundance, walking through life, having its experience. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And it's, I think about this all the time. It's the core of manifestation, if you will, right, is I be the thing first. And you are already all of the things. And again, it's like choice. Everything's so full circle and interwoven, right? It's like, I can choose to see that I'm in lack or limited or whatever, or I can choose to be like, no, fuck it. I'm already success. I'm already satisfied. I'm already, you know, free, whatever it is that you're looking for. Like, then I give that to myself. And again, it's that, that pair of like choice over and over and over again and, and choice in how you act and how you think and how you be. So on all these different levels, and then it's the, the certainty, the more you can literally repattern yourselves to, to believe that you are this thing and that is your truth, which it, it is. It's just, you have to remember another full circle moment, but, um, yeah, I, it's, I, I feel like the manifestation thing has gotten this like correlation on I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but with the things, right? It's I'm going to manifest these yeah. outward physical things. And that's that's what it is. I'm like popping these things out of nowhere. And like, that sort of can be. But really, it's about anchoring into a belief that you are all of these aspects of yourself, whatever it is you're seeking. And then reality is like, oh, beautiful. You're that. Okay, I'm going to give you more. You become like a magnet for that thing. Um, and then something else that came up again when you were saying that too is like trust, right? This theme of trust. So, I mean, vastly important, but it's like, as you're, you know, stepping into whenever it is the motherhood or even contemplating that it's like a deeper level of trust that everything will be fine. It will continue to be more and that you get to be supported in a different way. And there gets to be more in that aspect and, and trust that, you know, the people that you get to bring on will support you. And like this trust theme over and over and over, it's like, how deeply can we trust? And I feel like the, the combination of those two things is me embodying this thing that I'm seeking and then just deeply trusting in life to show up for me in the way that I choose over and over again, that it needs to show up for me needs to, it gets to, you know, like that's, that's the recipe, like the secret sauce. I feel like it really is. It really is. And that's why as human beings, right. We, I'm using air quotes. We, um, have such a hard time dancing with the unknown, right. And trusting because, we want to know, like, I want to know I'm going to be taken care of. If I know that this investment is going to 4X, I'm fucking all in, right? But the magic is in the not knowing. The magic is in the surrender. It's in, it's in the dance with the light and the dark and the shadow. And it's, it's, it's in the, it's in the not knowing it's in the free fall. It's that trust fall, right? As you said, can I really trust that life has me? Even if it doesn't pan out the exact way that I think it's supposed to, am I still really and truly cradled by life, by the divine, by source, universe, love, right? And can I allow myself to settle, as you were saying, even more into me, into myself, right? Because the more I'm really truly settling into myself, the fullness of me, the uniqueness of me, not in the way that life expects me to be, but the way that I desire to be, that's the way my soul, you know, came here to be. 
if I can really settle into that and trust that, right, then maybe the unfoldment is even more magical than we could have ever even imagined, ever even thought up in our wildest fantasy. Yeah. It's like the choice of letting it be better and, and letting, like, I don't know, when I think about that, the, the choice between feeling super held and like, like I'm, I think about hammocks, like I love laying in a hammock because you feel like swaddled and just, you know, all the pressure, it's just so soothing. Or do I want to feel like I'm like just open and getting pummeled from all sides and having to like race around and do all the things and figure it out and force and push? Like I'd rather be held. I don't know. That seems like a no brainer to me. It just feels so much better. Um, yeah. yeah. So I really love that. And all right, as we wrap up, I have two last questions. One of them is fun. One of them is normal. So my fun one, I love this. At the end of every episode, I share a what the fuck am I doing story. So this is something, it could be, you know, a present story or something in the past. And it's just kind of one of those things where you kind of look at yourself and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? But like certainly people outside of you would be like, actually, what the fuck are you doing? So I would love for you to share a what the fuck am I doing story for the listeners. Oh my God. Uh, um, <clears throat> I have to really think about that. <laughs> I know, putting people on the spot. <laughs> mm. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. The first thing that comes to mind, we were in Peru and we traveled, this was a couple of years ago. We traveled to Lake Titicaca. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> oh, so and it good. said that like Atlantis is at the bottom, right? And it was like April, right? Chilly. And we had gone to this like hotel slash restaurant with the group. There was like a, a smaller group of us out of the 16 that went for this day trip, right? And we're right on the beach down below. And we got down on the beach and I was just like, I have to get naked and get in the water. (laughs) And meanwhile, the three facilitators, these strange men sitting on their towel, all these other people that we traveled with saw me take all my clothes off and run like 50 miles an hour out (laughs) in the middle of Lake Titicaca because I had to swim in the Atlantic Ocean, you know? Oh my God. Or whatever. And my husband's standing there and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he's like, I can't let her get naked by herself. I have to get naked. Oh my God. Right? So he takes off all his clothes and chases it after me, dong, hanging all the way. Like the whole thing. And everybody's looking around like, I cannot believe they're doing this. And then he had to make the dredge out of the water naked and then somehow dry off. Like it was a whole thing. Oh my God. That's probably my what the fuck were you doing story. That's so funny. I love that. So, and the 12 year old in me is like, haha, titties, haha, cock. <laughs> I'm so dumb. We did. We made, we made a dance. Oh my God. Titty, haka. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. And I can't, I, I mean, I can't even believe that I forgot that that lake existed. And I'm just having all these flashbacks to like fourth grade Caitlin, like with all my little friends, like, ah, titty caca. Oh my God. So good. So funny. Um, and then very last thing is just plug yourself, tell people where they can find you, connect with you, all the things. Yay. Um, I'd love for you to come and visit me on, over on IG. I'm, um, on Instagram at the dot Emily fits F I T Z. Um, yeah. DM me, let me know you listen to the episode. We can chat about all things, life, entrepreneurship, psychedelics, et cetera. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm hanging out right now. And I would love to see you there. So yay. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. This has been so good. We'll have to do a round two on all the, all the body things because I feel like there's so much to unpack there, but thank you so much. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Emily. Please reach out to her. Let her know what you think. Reach out to me. Let me know what you think. I think you're just going to love her, like I said in the beginning. So I would love, love, love if you would connect with her. And if this episode impacted you, if you loved it, please share with a friend. You can tag us on social media if you share it that way. Or as always, I invite you to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If that calls to you, if you screenshot a screenshot, 
if you take a screenshot <laughs> of your review before you submit and send it to me over on Instagram, I will share with you the link to a super secret invite only playlist that I curate for you. It updates all the time and it's just my way of saying it. Thank you for the support and the love. And I will leave you here with my musing of the week. So human behavior is just bananas. And there's so many different directions I could go with that. But what I'm thinking of in particular for this week is honestly my own behavior. I have started, again, this is something I used to do all the time, turning my phone on airplane mode at night around like 9, 9.30 p.m. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't even look at things if I want to. And I mean, obviously I can. I can just turn off airplane mode. But it's an extra barrier that just helps me not check my phone. And I've also been doing social media free Sundays, which has felt so, so good. But it's just really fascinating to witness my behavior. It's like so easy for me not to log in on Sundays. It feels really amazing just to be present. But then on Mondays, I'm like right back into, I open it, I'm just scrolling for a while. And it just seems like I should be able to carry over some of the space that I create for myself on Sundays into the week. And that was part of my intention is to kind of help break down the, not addiction, I'll say. I mean, I'm sure there's an element of that. I'm not like on it all day, every day by any means, but I definitely do find myself scrolling a little bit more than I want to. And I just think it's so interesting that I find it so easy to stay off on Sundays. And yet during the week, it's just like back to some of that mindless behavior. So I'm just really <laughs> curious as to why some of that space that I've created doesn't carry over all of these kind of rules and restrictions we create for ourselves. I don't know, just something that I've been pondering. So yeah, I'll leave you there. Maybe you'll uh, join me on social media free Sundays. It feels really, really good. I, I promise. So anyway, I will see you here same time, same place next week for another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk soon. Bye.